Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for part two of Leaders Deal With It. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one, we encourage you to go back and make sure you give that a listen. But part two is going to be great. So whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along if you can. My name is Amber Jordan. And as always, I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Mo, how's it going today? Hey, what's going on, Amber? Doing really well. Excited for part two. I've been waiting for it all week, so let's do it. Okay. Well, last week we talked about two things having to do with leaders deal with it. And number one was leaders do not react. They respond. And leaders do not complicate they simplify. And so to go into our third point today, I wanted to tell a little story about one of my favorite movies and a relationship between these two guys, Forrest and Lieutenant Dan. And now everyone <laughs> should know what movie I'm talking about, right? That's Just right. by hearing those two names. But if you haven't seen the movie, you need to go see Forrest Gump. But, you know, Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan's relationship is really kind of crazy because there couldn't be two more opposite people and kind of an unlikely pair. But mm. Forrest Gump, he's he's such he's so sincere and genuine and he's always there to, you know, encourage Lieutenant Dan and he never gets flustered by how upset Lieutenant Dan always is and and he's just he's always there when he needs him. And so really his you know, he's completely incapable of being fake or, you know, he can't be anything but honest with Lieutenant Dan. And so really that's the basis of this unlikely friendship. And it sees them all the way through war, the hospital, searching for meaning and identity when Lieutenant Dan's lost all hope. And then of course, they wind up on the shrimping boat. And, you know, I was just, <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, just leaders have such an important role in relationships and, and how they approach relationships and how they invest in their people makes all the difference. And we don't all have the opportunity to walk through that many life events with our people, but the way we choose to invest lets our people know really who we are and who they can count on whatever situation they may encounter. And so that's going to lead us into our third point today. So Mo, why don't you tell us what's the third and final thing we need to understand for leaders to be able to deal with it? Wow. I mean, when you were talking about that, I was literally thinking about all my favorite parts of uh, the movie Forrest Gump. And there's like way too many to even, you know, talk about. So if you haven't seen Forrest Gump, you got to go see it and talk about a friendship. Lieutenant Dan and Forrest are, are awesome. And my favorite uh, part in the entire movie is when Forrest tries to give Lieutenant Dan ice cream and he just pretty much just takes it and sticks it in the in the little uh, bathroom bowl. So <laughs> it's like Lieutenant Dan ice cream. And he's like, boom, sorry, I don't want it. <laughs> but uh, today's uh, third and final point is this. Leaders don't dictate. They relate. And both Forrest and Lieutenant Dan, they really related with one another. And, you know, initially when I was preparing this episode, I thought that we could get through it in, in one all by itself. And then you and I discussed it and you were just like, we need to take this last point and go a little bit more in depth. And so I was like, okay, cool. So let's put a little bit of meat on the bones and, and kind of get a, in, into a, a deep dive. 
And so the first sub point of this main point, and the main point is leaders don't dictate, they relate. The first sub point is this. Leaders live authentically. And talk about an authentic guy. Forrest Gump, like you said, he could not not be genuine. He was an authentic guy. So here's the question for you today listening. On a scale from one to authentic, (laughs) where are you on that spectrum? Some leaders are naturally authentic. If you think about it, most leaders have the potential to be authentic towards others, but many leaders struggle with how close or friendly they should be with the people that they're working with or that they are leading. And leadership just kind of puts one of those those barriers. And sometimes it's a gray area, right? And so how do you become empathetic and respected at the same time? And each... Yeah. Wait, I think I think I'm going to need you to define authentic for a minute, because when I when I think about the word authentic, I think about, you know, being yourself. But sometimes when people are being themselves, they're not naturally empathetic. So what do you mean by authentic and how did you connect authentic with empathetic? Yeah, well, as a leader, you actually have to be empathetic. And if you're not, then that's your goal. And some people say fake it till you make it. I don't even think you should do that. I think you have to make it and then make it. So if it, one of my, one of my, uh, one, one, one of the, the, the people that's been speaking in my life for a long time said this, you know, it, the only way to get good is to get good. And so the only way to get empathetic is to get empathetic. You need to be the kind of leader who cares about your people and wants to come alongside them and be a part of everything that they do. And again, a lot of leaders think that, if they're, if they're going to be empathetic, people aren't going to respect them as much. That's not the case. You have to be able to do both. Every situation that you deal with is going to put you in a position where you're either going to have to dictate or relate. And I would suggest that you choose the latter because that's what's going to make you a more authentic and a better and a more real leader. So would you say that that's a good definition of authentic just to be yourself? Yeah. And so you, you can't be somebody else. You can try as long as, as you can, but even, even when it comes to leadership, I've got my favorite leaders, the men and women that I want to be like, but I want to be like them. I don't want to be them. I take all the good stuff and all the stories and the things that I can learn from people. And then I put it into my own leadership style and the way that I do things. So whether you're naturally authentic or you have to work on it, you can be sure that all great leaders Serve the people that they lead. Are you serving your people? That's how you become more empathetic. You can't serve your people and not become more empathetic. That's going to help you become more authentic. You know, I mentioned last week, as I do in most of our podcasts, right, that John Maxwell's five levels of leadership, positional leadership is the lowest and the first form of leadership. And if you have a position which allows you to lead others, you should realize right away that if you want to become a better leader, you should focus on being genuine in your positive thoughts and your positive thoughts should be towards your people because people don't want to follow somebody who's fake. And that's why I say you don't necessarily even want to fake it till you make it. You, you want to be a real and authentic person all the time. And that's tough to do because if you don't have a quality, you're like, well, then what do I do? Well, you have to do your best to spend time with men and women who can help you become the person that you want to be. And so when I was a kid, <laughs> skateboarding what was, I was, I was horrible. And, and when I was a kid, Tony Hawk was like all the talk. He was just, he was kind of brand new. He was a young guy. He, he was, he was one of the best skaters in the world. I thought he was the best, but the problem is 
I was never really good at skating. And I can be categorized back in the day in the eighties the as what's known as a poser, <laughs> meaning somebody who looks the part, but wasn't the real thing. And not to say that I didn't try because I tried hard, but I, I definitely didn't put in the same kind of time that other people did. And that's why I kind of was a poser. <laughs> so just like when we're kids and we can tell when somebody is being disingenuous or they're not really as good as they, they say they are or, or they think they are. And we, as kids, we all kind of know that, right? Well, it doesn't change when we're adults. We just think it changes. So the question is, are you a true leader to your people or just a poser? Because your people are going to be able to, to sniff it out sooner or later. Leaders have to earn the influence that they have over their people. And the best way to do this is to serve them and learn more about them every single day. Are you learning about your people? You see, when you face situations, your people are going to be ready at, at, at any given time to see the real you. And you need to give that to them. And no matter how bad a situation you're in, you have to be ready to be authentic because when you know who you are and you can serve your people in, in the kind of way where you're authentic and you're real and you're ready to give them the real you, you're going to be able to come alongside them instead of just telling them what to do. You're not going to dictate, you're going to relate. And because you can relate, your people are going to come alongside you and help you get the job done. So to be that kind of person that doesn't dictate, but relates, we have to be leaders that live authentically. So what's the second thing that we need to do? Yeah. The second point is this. The second point, the sub point is this leaders live vulnerably. And gosh, when I, when I say the word vulnerable, a lot of people just kind of, uh, I don't want to be vulnerable. It's, it means that I've got to, you know, again, tell people more about the bad stuff in my life. And, and, and what if they don't like me or think I'm good enough? Hey, that's all something that you're going to have to deal with sooner or later. Because well, what, what is the difference between authentic and vulnerable? Well, being authentic, obviously, is being who you are, right? You don't want to be somebody. You want to be like them. You want to take their, their good qualities. Being vulnerable is willing to put yourself out there and say, hey, th this is who I am, and I might not be able to do everything the best, but I'm going to do my best. And that's not an excuse to say, well, you know, I did my best. As one of my coaches said, I'm, I'm not looking for your best, Mo. I'm looking for my best. And I'm like, oh, man, that means it's, it's, well, I got to be vulnerable. I got to let them know what I'm not good at. And as a coach, I, I, I tell my student athletes, the more vulnerable you are, the better chance you have to be coached. Because if you act like you have it all together and, and you're not willing to put yourself out there, I'm never going to be able to see the authentic self. I need you to, to, to lay, it all out, lay it all on the line and say, coach, this is, this is what I need help on. And, and the student athletes that do that always end up improving. So within this action point today, I would say that you need to check your vulnerability meter. Now, I'm not saying that you have to invite all of your followers at work, the people that look to you over and just say, well, here's all my, my deep, dark secrets and start confessing all your sins. But there has to be a level of vulnerability that exists between you and your people. If you really want to have influence with those people, you have to willing to be vulnerable. And if you want to be effective in pressure situations, and that's what we're talking about, right? Dealing with, with the hard stuff, people need to know what they can expect from you. And they need to know how you are going to deal with situations, good or bad. 
There's nothing more awkward than a boss who's an oversharer, <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's saying true. all of their things to you. So how do you how do you figure out what is an appropriate line? How, what's an appropriate amount of vulnerability without being that person that just kind of takes what they're thinking and feeling and then dumps it on another person? Yeah, I, I think last week we talked about Michael Scott, right? And, and the, <laughs> the guy is definitely authentic. But sometimes he's too vulnerable, right? <laughs> sometimes he, he's bringing you way, way too in. Remember when he has that, uh, when, when he takes all, all the women in, in the office over to, uh, to, to the mall and he's talking to them about his relationship <laughs> with Jan? That was too vulnerable. That was too much. That's not what you want to do with your people, right? Well, so if you want a, an example of what you don't want to be, don't go that far. But, but, but this, of course, is going to put you at risk if you decide to be vulnerable at all. You've got to find a balance. You would be amazed at how people are going to respond to you if you're willing to be vulnerable. Not completely vulnerable, but vulnerable enough. You have to find that balance. You see, when we share our hopes, our fears, our mistakes, all those things with other people, there's a level of vulnerability that's going to more than likely raise the trust factor between you and your people. And it's all about building trust. Relationships are about trust. And if you model this, your team's going to end up doing the same with one another. Remember that there's no perfect or even one way of being effective, but you do have to do some of these things and have some of these traits if you want to help your team succeed. Because people want to follow somebody that they trust. And if they don't trust you, they may do what you tell them to because they're getting a paycheck to do so. But it's not going to go any further than that. So being vulnerable creates a space for leaders to let others know kind of, you know, what they're thinking. It, it allows them into your head a little bit. <laughs> and so fa famed author and sociologist, uh, Brene Brown says this, she says, if you're having a difficult meeting and you're not on the same page, it's okay to step back and say, Hey, look, I'm in a bad mood and I can't cope with this right now. Why don't we try it again tomorrow? Could you imagine if you were able to say this to your people? I mean, how genius is that to just be vulnerable enough to say, look, I'm not in a good place. Let's figure this out, you know, at another time. Let, let's not, let's not bury it. Let's not put the squiggly thing under the, under the rock, right? Let's not sweep it under the rug, but let's kind of table it. Let's pigeonhole it and come back to it. But you always have to remember to come back to it. And that's the sort of conversation that actually doesn't happen often enough, often enough in organizations, but showing people that you can be emotionally vulnerable gives them the permission to be vulnerable as well. Your people already know that you don't have it all together. <laughs> so why even try? You're human. Your people know it. Sometimes when you peel back that curtain and let people in, it'll give them a little bit more reason to trust you. You know, another thing to remember as a CEO or a leader is it's important to remember that your people usually know if something's not working. They just want to know whether or not you have the courage to tell them. By stepping up and being vulnerable, you create a space that's going to allow the people in your organization to get to the next level. So let me ask all of our leaders out there a question. Have you ever been in a meeting <laughs> that you were running, but you were vulnerable enough to step back and ask others for their expertise on the matter? You would be surprised on how much people are willing to say when you give them the opportunity. And something happens when people take on leadership positions and all of a sudden, they think, hey, 
this person doesn't have all the answers. I'm willing to kind of give my two cents. That's the absolute opposite end of the spectrum of, of where it could be. Right. And, and some people try to act like they have it all together. And it's like, no, you don't have to have it all together. Make it a habit of asking other people their, their opinions. In fact, Andy Stanley says that if you're the leader and you're discussing something of relevance with your team, you should never be the first one to give your opinion. You, you shouldn't give it right away. You should hold back the cards, hold them a little bit closer to the best, right? That way you give the discussion a chance to be raw, unfiltered, and not just for you, but for everybody. Make them work for them. Make them, you know, bring their, their, their thoughts out. Then everybody will give their two cents. And then, and only then, you give your thoughts on that position that you might have and one that maybe you're going to follow because you may change your mind after hearing what other people have to say. Yeah, I, I was at the absolute worst at this, as you know, because we've had this conversation. <laughs> but I, I would bring a question to my team, but I would ask the question in a way that while I'm asking it, I'm also giving my thoughts on what we should do and why we should do it. And then I would pose it as a question. And then there would be an awkward silence and no one would want to give an answer. And I thought, why doesn't ha anyone have any ideas? Well, because nobody wants to go against the boss when the boss just said, went on a rant about here's everything we should do and why. Does anybody have any opposing thoughts? Like that, that's, how they, <laughs> right. that's how they read it. And so, but man, that was such a hard habit to break. And, you know, we talked about it all the time. And even still now, every once in a while, you'll say, you did it again. And to which I just respond. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It, again, in the military, uh, as a chaplain, one of my jobs is to advise the commander. And the best commanders that I've had are the ones that ask a lot of questions. And then they wait. And sometimes that's the awkward silence. But they want to make sure that other people really are going to give them their thoughts on what they think. I've had other commanders that have done exactly what you just said. They said, hey, what do you think about my great idea? Essentially, right? <laughs> just like, oh, well, I think your idea is great. And like, okay, great. Let's let's move on, right? So don't don't be that kind of leader. Be vulnerable enough to ask your people and say, look, I'm not the I'm not the subject matter expert in this. What do you have to say? And trust me, when you do that, your team is gonna speak up and and just like you thought, Amber, you're like, Oh my gosh, I could have been having these people speak into my life and into the life of the company for how much, how much time did I waste not actually asking real and authentic and vulnerable questions? Yeah, it's a lose-lose situation because they they don't get to speak up and then the team never benefits from their ideas. Right. So yeah, hard yep. lesson to learn, but really important. <laughs> <laughs> so Mo, to wrap up, you know, both of our last two episodes to really understand how leaders can deal with the tough situations. We've talked about how leaders do not react, they respond. Leaders do not complicate they simplify and leaders do not dictate, they relate. And today we talked about the two, one, two of the most important ways that a leader can really relate is to live authentically and to live vulnerably. So before we close out this episode and this series, do you have any final words for our listeners today? Yeah, I think the operative word in both of those points is the word live. And as a leader, that's what you have to do. You just have to, you have to be real and you have to be able to live with and alongside your people because you're going to have to deal with the tough stuff on a daily basis. It might be big stuff. It might be little stuff, but you're going to have to deal with it. And so if you know this and you know, that's the case, 
it's important for you to know that you have to have a clear head and be ready to tackle those obstacles that are put in front of you. And your, your people, they expect you to do that. And you owe it to them as the leader, right? Everything is your fault <laughs> as the leader, right? So remember, when you face these situations this week, next week, whatever, be ready to respond correctly, keep the process simple, and always put relationships first. If you do these things, you're going to be on the right track. Thanks, Mo. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We look forward to seeing you all next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.